Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on personal growth and lifestyle design. My name's Eileen, and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. Every Sunday, you'll get new insight and inspiration on how to create your dream life. After the episode, the conversation continues in our Lavender Lifestyle Facebook group. I can't wait to see you there. Life is an art. Make it your masterpiece. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Lavender Lifestyle. It's your host, Eileen. Today we're talking about creativity, how to pursue a career in creativity, and how to create a brand and business as a creative. So with us today is Amy Tan. Amy is the founder of Amy Tangerine, a creative lifestyle company that creates online content as well as fun, tangible products like t-shirts and craft supplies. In 2017, Amy self-published the book Craft a Life You Love and had it picked up by Abrams. She has taught workshops all around the world, makes YouTube videos, and consults with awesome brands and clients. Amy's mission is to inspire women everywhere to feel joy and confidence by infusing creativity, fun, and intention into the everyday. I really hope you enjoy this interview. Here we go. Hi, Amy. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited and what you do is so cool. It seems like you just create for a living and your everything in your brand is so colorful and fun. So, yeah, it's it's just really awesome. Thanks. I'm really excited to talk to you about it. Yeah, so let's talk about your story. I mean, you seem like you were always creative. I mean, how did you get here though from just building this whole business? Yeah, so I think it starts back to when I was little. My mom always encouraged me to take on craft projects on the weekends and she sewed dresses for us that matched. And I think that that carried through with me through my school years. And in high school, I made my own prom dress. So part of it was a need because I couldn't afford what I wanted. But at the same time, the creativity and craftiness was something that I truly enjoyed. So when I started my business, it was actually sort of on accident because I had made these arm warmers that I wore to photo shoots and she Mm -hmm. taught me how to crochet. And then I happened to wear them to a store opening party and they loved them. The owners were just like, hey, we love those. Can we order them from you? And and they ended up ordering probably 20 pairs or so. And I sold a pair right out of the bag. And mind you, I didn't know Mm -hmm. how I was going to price them, but I told them they were $37 wholesale. So they sold them for $78. And I was surprised (laughs) to sell a pair right out of the bag when I delivered them. And they called me about three hours later and they said, you're going to think we're crazy, but we sold out of half of them. So we need you to make more. And um, in the spring, they were like, well, what are you going to make next? And after... I had a little bit of press in Women's Work Daily and Lucky Magazine. I said, I'm not sure. I think I'll make some tank tops. So we hand embroidered these tank tops. Mm -hmm. It turns out that Cindy Crawford was wearing one in Glamour Magazine. And then I decided that I should probably pursue that business. So it happened on an accident. But there were all things that, you know, the universe was aligning for me, I guess, and forcing me to go out of my comfort zone by not just sticking with fashion styling, but trying this design work and starting my own little company. Yeah. So how long ago was that moment where you got discovered, I guess? Uh, That was back in 2001 or 2002, I think it was actually when the press came out. Yeah. So I did my first trade show in New York and... I really just 
had no idea what I was doing, although I knew that I was investing a lot of money into the actual trade show itself. Mm -hmm. I set a goal of getting $20,000 worth of orders. And mm -hmm. I actually got, I hit that the first day of the show and it was a four day That's show. Amazing. And these are for your arm warmers or also they the were, tank tops? They were like tank tops and t-shirts. So I created a whole okay. collection, a mini collection of hand-sewn t-shirts. And we did these reverse applique treatments to cut up t-shirts. Back then, I don't know if you remember, but the big trend was taking these older, let's say concert tees or like larger vintage mm -hmm. tees and then cutting them up into cute silhouettes. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> that was back in the day that, you know, denim was really big. And mm -hmm. I mean, it was right after September 11th that I started crocheting those arm warmers. Mm -hmm. So then it took another full year before I did the trade show. That still sounds like it was pretty fast. I mean, did you have any help and anyone with experience who kind of walked you through that? Or did you have to figure it all on your own? You know, luckily, I've just been so blessed with the wonderful mentors that have surrounded me. So along the way, people have just been so helpful with information. And I think that they saw this, uh, I guess, kind of opening in the market and they saw what I was doing. They saw the raw talent maybe, and they mm -hmm. sort of guided me in saying, mm -hmm. Hey, you know, you should really apply for this trade show. You should really try doing these things. You should put together a whole collection so that people have more to buy. You know, you can't make everything one of a kind. So it was really helpful to have those people telling me that they've been in the business for a while. They have the expertise and we sort of worked backwards from, okay, well, how much money do you want to make? Well, this mm -hmm. is how many styles you need to have so wow. that you can present them to the stores. Wow. So that's really great that you had the business mind because you are like the pure talent, right? I'm sure you learned the business too, but in the beginning, it's like helpful to have someone to lead you through that. Yeah. I mean, I think that I know a little bit about the marketing side of it, but I didn't go to business school, you know, and I'm one of those people who just gets excited about things. So mm -hmm. if somebody says, Hey, you know, you can make a little bit of money doing something that you really enjoy. I take that on and think, okay, let's yeah. just try it. Cool. And I know a lot of listeners out there are creative themselves and they also want to start a brand. So I guess in the beginning stages, what, what would you recommend for them to find that mentor or partner or someone to guide them along? You know, if they're only strength is like the art and the creative part. I think it's really important to put your work out there and to even get in touch with people who they admire. If you admire somebody and look up to them and they're in a position to where they could probably help you or you can learn from them by, I mean, there's so much information on blogs now. People share so much information. So even if you have a mentor that they don't necessarily know you or you don't get to meet face to face, you can pick up so much advice and information. And I think just mm -hmm. talking to your friends and talking to people about what you're interested in doing and what your goals are, you'll find that there's so much support built in. And yeah. you never know who you're going to talk to that knows somebody else who could really help in some different yeah, areas. That's true. Usually when you share your goals with other people, I think innately people want to like 
like help you in some way like if they have a connection or someone you could you know meet so yeah cool. absolutely yeah and it's so funny because you know I try not to now that I'm in I'm many years older and I try to help other people and I actually have a mentee mm. um, I try to let them know that you don't have to take everybody's advice so it's kind of like being pregnant when I was pregnant with my son you know people are like oh you know, people will tell you all kinds of stuff and they'll try to touch your belly and they'll try to do all these <laughs> things, but you don't have to take on what they tell you. You know, you don't have to listen to them. It's okay that they're giving you that unsolicited advice, but when you're <laughs> actually going to seek out advice from mentors and people who you look up to and who trust, who you trust for information, it's, it's a different thing, you know, so they might look out for the best for you, but they also will tell you things that, you know, you can pick and choose the advice that you want to actually take with you. Mm -hmm. I agree. Because only you're going to know what is going to be worthwhile for you. Exactly. And er everybody has an opinion. You really can't like please everyone. <laughs> it's so true. Right. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So you have a book now, Craft a Life You Love. Do you want to tell the story of that? Because I know that you self-published it first, but now it's picked up by a publisher. Yeah. So in 2016, I sort of had this moment where I was at a crossroads and I was making videos for YouTube. I had my blog. I had my company. I had a lot of things going, but I wanted to tell my story in a way that was a little bit longer lasting than just a couple vlogs or a video series or even in my online classes. I can share a lot, but in my in-person classes, I was able to just really connect with people and share stories and talk about the lessons that I've learned. So I sat down and I decided that I wanted to write a book. I had two friends who had self-published on Amazon through CreateSpace and they had good experiences with it. And I went out, you know, I said, hey, I want to take you out for coffee. Please let me know how I should do this. Mm -hmm. And one of them just sat down with me and said, look, you need to hire an editor, you know, write the book, hire an editor. Um, and then he happened to connect me with the best editor ever. And so <laughs> she met with me and she said, okay, you're never going to write a book unless you sit down and write the first chapter. Okay. And mm -hmm. it's never going to be perfect. You just need to sit down and do it. Yeah. And so basically what you can do is write down anything that comes to your mind. Don't worry about how it's going to flow or anything and just tell your story and then give it to me. And that was the most reassuring thing because I didn't know how I was going to format it. I didn't know yeah. how the chapters were going to look and how it was going to flow. But by telling all those stories, she was able to create something and organize it in a way that other people could read it and right. get value from it. Because I wanted to set it up sort of like a workbook where I told the lessons that I learned and my struggles and my journey, but I also gave practical tips and practices that have helped me through those struggles mm -hmm. and to find success and hope and all those things. Yeah. And during that process, did you feel like your editor would change your work to the point that you didn't like their changes? I mean, it's just I'm thinking about releasing that creative control. You know what? 
it wasn't, it worked out so well because I Mm -hmm. think that she's so good and she was able to capture a lot of my voice just by me sitting down and making sure that I had told all the stories. Obviously we didn't Mm -hmm. include everything. That's what her job was to really tailor in what would fit best for my audience and the readers who were interested in those lessons. And I think that it was great because it was so freeing because I didn't have to edit myself. I could just put it all out there. And then she picked out the most important and valuable pieces. And then another great part was that I actually hired a book cover designer and an interior layout designer, because even though you can self-publish and use the different tools that are available to you on CreateSpace, I wanted to make sure that I invested as much time and money to make this maximized Mm -hmm. So that it was set up for success. Totally. Um, no, and success in my mind was different at the time. You know, I did not think that it would be picked up by a publisher because I didn't even know that could happen. Mm-hmm. I just thought if I'm going to spend time doing this, instead of writing a book proposal, no publishers were asking me to write a book. Instead of spending the time doing the proposal, I just wrote the book. Yeah. And I think that that was such a great lesson, and it was a lot of hard work and a lot of time commitment, but. You know how much work goes into producing a YouTube video, and it's great that you get so many views on it, but you you almost have to do the next one mm-hmm. the next week. No, it's true. So when it's a book, it it's a lot ends. longer lasting. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's tangible, and people have it on their shelves, and they can pass it along. So it was really a scary process, but I made it through, and I was hoping to release it at the end of 2016, but that didn't happen. And I think that it worked out better, actually coming off of the new year, I think I listed it around one eleven, And then it happened that three weeks later, it hit number one in two different categories on Amazon. Amazing. And I had no idea that that would even happen. And um, I was just so shocked. And of course, grateful. That's amazing. And about a week later, I got an email from a publisher who was interested in publishing my book. And I didn't realize that that could even happen. So I talked to a friend of mine who's an author and she connected me with her literary agent, but it turns out she writes novels. So it wasn't really a good fit, but she knew somebody who would be able to help me. And so I got on the phone with her and she's my agent now. Mm -hmm. And she took on my book and basically put it up for auction because there were multiple publishers interested. Mm -hmm. And then I chose Abrams and they let me sell my self-published version through July of last summer. Well, it was last year. And yeah. then it, they ended up, you know, we worked through it and I had to write an additional section. So it's an updated and expanded version of the first one because I wanted to make sure the people who had the first book still wanted to buy the second one and would still feel like it was worthwhile. Mm, I see. So let's talk about what's in the book. I mean, I'm curious what your thoughts are. Like, how do you stay connected with your creative energy? How do you find your flow? I think a lot of people get creatively stuck, myself included. So what are your tips around that? Yeah, I think that you have to be open to new ideas and you have to be willing to take little risks. I always like to give myself a creative break throughout the day And I think it's so important to make that time for yourself to do the things that you love, even if it's 15 Mm -hmm. minutes per day. And that's something that I've just built into my life. And I realize that is so vital to my wellness 
and everything else around me. I think that people who are close to me are affected when I don't get that creative time. Mm -hmm. So there are different exercises throughout the book. There are some easy ones that take five minutes and there are longer ones that take several days that you can just work on, you know, 15 minutes per day. Mm -hmm. I think there's a great feeling when you have, when you come to a crossroads and you're, let's say, not feeling inspired or anything. I just like to do different things. So whether it's going outside and taking a walk or just taking a moment to myself and getting some paints out and just painting for the heck of it and not really having an end goal in mind. I think there's so many freeing exercises and practices that you can do yourself that gets your creative juices flowing in other ways than what you're focused on. Yeah. I, I think that helps too, just to just do things that just for the fun of it, you know, for me, it would be like playing piano and not, not recording myself, not trying to share it, just doing it for me. Because I think as a creator, if that, this is your job, like I'm always trying to think about what video to do next and plan out all the details. And sometimes if you're always working, even though it's creative work, it's, it's, I don't know, you, you do need that time for yourself to just do stuff just for fun, for no purpose. Absolutely. Yeah. We tend to overthink things, right? And we put mm -hmm. too much pressure on ourselves. And I think that's one of those things that if you're able to release that and really let go, that's what creating is all about, is getting to that point where you have all this abundance of energy and ideas that are just flowing out. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, do you have some sort of creative routine or daily rituals that you do to stay inspired? Yeah, I do. I kind of follow the joy. And so I try to <laughs> really find the joy and let that run my life or my day. So mm -hmm. in the morning, yeah. I like to, you know, just drink a glass of water. I know that sounds really strange, but and I'm really trying to get to journaling instead of reaching for my phone. Mm -hmm. So the first things I do are um, just drink a glass of water and then take some deep breaths. You know, I do sometimes a 10 minute to 15 minute meditation. And then I just want to free write and nobody else gets to see this. Mm. It's just thoughts that I have. It's sort of like a brain dump at first because I used to feel so stressed when I woke up in the morning. And instead, it really yeah. has invigorated me because I'm able to get very clear on the thoughts that I have the first thing in the morning. So, and I find if I don't do that, it really affects my day. So if I don't get to write things down, I do need to do like a 10 to 15 minute meditation. Mm, and yeah. I could just be laying down and, you know, thinking about something and just focusing on that. I'm not very good at thinking about nothing. I don't know how <laughs> you meditate, but I really have to focus on something and then just think about that. Yeah. I think it's impossible for people to think about nothing the whole time. Naturally, our brain just thinks. But no, I totally do that too. Like the morning pages, writing in the morning. I love it. And I, I notice if I don't do it for a while, then my life feels cluttered for some reason. Yes. And I, I feel this sense of overwhelm if I don't get to it. Same. Whereas yeah. there is a sense of clarity when I do put those words on paper. The words may not make sense, but if I mm -hmm. don't do that, then my day doesn't run as smoothly as I would hope. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same exact way. I love it. All right, let's take a break with our sponsor, HelloFresh. 
HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that delivers ingredients straight to your door. They offer three plans to choose from, classic, veggie, and family, and each box is made up of fresh and responsibly sourced ingredients pre-measured for each recipe. HelloFresh makes cooking fun and easy because they provide recipe cards with step-by-step -step instructions and pictures. They offer a lot of one-pot recipes which I'm a total fan of because it keeps the cleanup simple. With HelloFresh, I have so much fun learning to cook new recipes that I wouldn't have otherwise. My favorite recipe is the gorgeous green farro bowl. I didn't even know what farro was before this but I absolutely loved it. I also had some leftover farro the other day that I turned into a risotto which was so amazing. So if you're a busy bee and I have been wanting to try a meal kit service, give HelloFresh a try. To get a total of $60 off, that's $20 off your first three boxes, visit HelloFresh.com slash LavenderLifestyle60 and enter the promo code LavenderLifestyle60. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash LavenderLifestyle60 and enter the promo code LavenderLifestyle60. I'm curious, since you, you're so well-versed in all these creative skills, do you ever pick up new creative hobbies or, you know, explore new mediums? Absolutely. I get obsessed with things pretty easily. So I'm a paper crafter at heart and I mm -hmm. love scrapbooking, but sometimes it's just too daunting and time-consuming. So I find that right now I'm really into bullet journaling and planning on paper. I just picked up a Hobonichi. Mm -hmm. And it has, I think, changed my life. <laughs> it's one of those strange things where it's a planner that is from Japan and the paper is just so beautiful to write on. It's very thin, but it also holds up watercolors and you can mm. stamp on it. It's something that I just love doing. And my pages actually remind me of when I was younger and I would keep oh. a diary or some kind of notebook and stick stickers on it. It's a very freeing process. So I think that what creatives do is, I heard this way back when I was, I think in my 20s, is that people have this seven-year itch when, as creatives because you'll mm -hmm. find something that you love doing and you can sustain it for about seven years. But after that, you almost need to put a twist on it or change it up a little bit. Oh, yeah. So, I've never heard this before. That's interesting. Yeah. So I was doing my t-shirts for about seven years when this happened and then I discovered wow. scrapbooking. Oh. And now I'm at the point where scrapbooking has been, you know, over seven years. But then at that point I picked up like traveler's notebooks and smaller formats. So the creativity is still there so that I can feed that part of my soul that needs that nourishment, but then I'm yeah. able to also explore this different medium. And I think that with the brush lettering that I do with the watercolors, that was another way that I was able to kind of challenge myself to try something mm. new. And you can just do it in different small ways. You don't have to suddenly change hobbies and say, okay, well, I'm going to take up, you know, piano lessons and invest all this money in a piano or whatever, <laughs> you know, that is. You can just try different things in small ways yeah. and then see what sticks. Yeah. I mean, there's so many tutorials on like watercolor, bullet journaling. There's always like new ways to be creative. But I love that you point out that it's always important to try new things and challenge yourself. Because I think sometimes people get stuck in their own box. They're like, I'm a writer. I can't do music or I can't paint. But I think creativity is so fluid. Everything can, can cross over to the other. 
Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So what does your typical week look like running your brand and business right now? I don't have a set schedule for certain things. I try to post one video a week on YouTube. Sometimes it's two, but I didn't even allow myself to choose days and times for releasing videos because I didn't want to hold myself to it uh, and just be so yeah. forced into doing something. I know that in myself, mm. I'm just better when things are free flowing and they are to the point where I can say, okay, I feel inspired to do this and this is what I'm going to focus on. And then my energies can go towards that. I think people realize too, when you're not feeling something and when you're sort of forced to do it because you said you were going to. Yeah. And I also yeah. am really bad at starting projects unless I really want to do them. So mm. at the point where I can say, Hey, you know what, you'll, you'll definitely see an Instagram post from me every day. I mean, nobody really cares. I think that if, if that happens or not, but I try to be as consistent as possible, but I also need to feel as inspired as possible. So the weeks all change because I do a lot of traveling for events. But when I am in the studio, I try to block schedule my meetings so that I'm not doing my meetings, like one or two meetings every day. Instead, I'll try to do an afternoon of meetings on one day and set yeah. all of them to yeah. that, you know, one time frame. Yeah, that's super helpful. Yeah, that's something that's sort of new for me, though, because I have always been one to say, hey, yeah, that sounds fun. I'll do it. Or if I get invited to something or if somebody's like, oh, yeah, you should really meet with so-and-so about this, then I was so open to doing that that I was sort of filling up my schedule and not allowing for those creative blocks of time that I can mm -hmm. just use to do work or to explore new things. And so now I've been actually making sure that there's empty space in my calendar so that I have those moments of restorative pleasures, yeah. you know, and it just sounds really weird, but there are weeks when I'm in the studio for only maybe five hours oh. the entire week. And that's not enough time to get the work done mm -hmm. that I want to. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, now that you have a child, I'm sure it's even harder to balance it all. Like, do you have additional tips on how you just manage different projects at one time? Yeah, I think that the balance, I, the idea of balance to me is something that I've been struggling with because I'm a Libra. Me too. And I thought, oh yeah, yeah. I really, I yeah. thought my whole life that balance was something that you could ju just achieve and then you'd be done, right? Mm -hmm. You would always be in balance. So I sort of a couple months ago actually suddenly had this realization that it's actually not about balance. It's about harmony. Oh, and okay. I actually came up with, I don't know what it's called. You know, when you have the letters start with, so harmony, I chose a word for each of those letters and I kind okay. of really went into how that looks for me. And so I dissected it mm. with, the H standing for happiness. So what does happiness mean to you? Head in this direction, mm. right? And then yeah. the A stands for align with your values. Ooh. R is redirect if necessary. It's okay to change course. Because you know how sometimes you think, okay, well, this is going to make me happy and this is going to bring me harmony or balance into my life. And then suddenly you're like, wait a second, this makes it worse actually. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm also so thrown off. So, so redirect I think is okay. That was really important to have that redirect. 
-hmm. And then the M stands for money, just knowing your worth. Yeah. O is for only one you, your original. Ooh. N is for no, know when to say no thank you. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> and the Y is for you. It's all up to you. You have the power within you to craft a life you love. I love that. Harmony. Oh, I got to write that down somewhere. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I think that we should just, I'll do a little printable for your audience. Yeah. And we can that'd have be it amazing. Yeah. And then I'll put that on the blog post so everyone can get that. That'd be great. Cool. All right. So what tips do you have for listeners out there who want to start their own brand and create for a living? I think that if you're clear on creating for a living and you don't have a job already, I think you should pursue all passions. And also, mm. I know this sounds really weird, but you should have a side hustle that is mm. kind of like your mainstream of income. And now that sounds strange, but... When I was in college, I was doing fashion styling on the side. I also had a job at a modeling agency, which got me that styling gig. Mm -hmm. And then I was a hostess at a restaurant too. And those things seem very sort of compartmentalized and separate. But to be honest with you, I think the whole reason that I was able to have a successful start in styling was because I worked at that restaurant and I knew that in between the hours of two and five, nobody was there. I mean, employees were there, but no, no people were coming in and out. And it was just a good time to have a photo shoot. And it was a beautiful <laughs> restaurant. And that's where oh, we wow. did that photo shoot. And, <laughs> and, you know, the photographer worked for free, the stylist, me worked for free hair and makeup and the models. And we chose the models from elite model management and it turned out after we had this wonderful shoot that I produced and a free location, everything. And then after Ali got the film back, they just loved the photo so much that they signed me as their stylist. Wow. So even though you're doing something that you might not feel like is going to put you on the right path to success, I had to have that hostessing job because at night, I may as well be making money instead of going out. So mm -hmm. at that time, I, it was just income that was coming in. And then I was able to do some other things on the side. So I really think that doing what you love is really difficult full time. But if you have another job that you yeah. can work on and bring in income, insurance, those kind of benefits, and then you can start your side thing, that's, I think, a really good place to be in. I agree. I think that that's really great practical advice because it's hard to make a living as a creative just right off the bat. It's important to like keep your source of income to support yourself. But whatever job you're doing in the meantime, like that can that helps you with your future work too. Yeah. And you have no idea the connections you're going to make or where that can elevate you. And mm -hmm. I think that it's important to not take anything for granted as well. I think that when you're young and you have all these opportunities, I didn't say no to anything that sounded good to me. If mm. somebody was like, hey, do you want to fly to LA to do this? And you know, you're not going to get paid, but all your expenses will be. And yeah. I would just say yes, because it mm -hmm. sounded very interesting. And I think that there are opportunities that come up for different people and at different times, but you really need to get clear on 
the goals that you want to achieve and just know that your path isn't going to look like anybody else's. Yeah. I think that success too, it seems like to a lot of people, it'd be so easy and it happens overnight or instantly. But, you know, obviously, you know that it mm-hmm. takes so much work, so much yeah. perseverance and a lot of struggles along the way, but you just have to keep going. Totally. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Amy. Oh, lastly, where can our listeners find you online? So I'm online at amytangerine.com. I'm Amy Tangerine on Instagram as well and on YouTube. Great. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you. All right. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Lavender Lifestyle. If you like this podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. It helps us so much and also helps other people find the show. You can also catch me on YouTube and Instagram at Lavender, where I have even more content for the artist of life. Love you all so much. Bye. Bye.